Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm happy to have Lindsay Recknell as my guest today. Lindsay is a speaker, facilitator, and mental health advocate who has experienced the power of hope firsthand and used it to create positive change in her life. Her realization that hope can be a powerful motivator came from a very personal experience as caregiver to those struggling with mental illness. Through courage, effort, and determination, her journey has led to incredible learning, radical transformation, and strength that Lindsay shares through her work. As a certified psychological health and safety advisor, Lindsay works with organizations to increase psychological health and safety in the workplace using the science of hope, evidence-based practical tips and techniques to increase levels of hope in their personnel. She empowers individuals, strengthens teams, and transforms organizations through her modeling behavior out loud, better than today, and bucket list builder programs. Lindsay lives in Calgary with her husband and their two golden retrievers. Welcome, Lindsay, and thank you so much for joining me today to share your message of hope with our listeners. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Now, The definition of hope can be very different for different people. What is your definition of hope and why does it matter? My definition of hope has to do with action. So all said, hope is taking action over the things we can control for a future better than today. So the key words there are future, action, and control because there's so much within our or out in the world that we can't control but there are so many things that we can control especially as we've gone through 2020 and everything feels like you know things are happening to us instead of us being able to affect change in our own lives I believe that the power of hope has that action, that taking control over the things we can control and taking action on those things towards a future that is better than today. Well said. Well said. I think being proactive is definitely a huge plus, especially in today's world. Now, people often conflate two words. Tell me, what is the difference between hope and optimism? So I think you can be a optimistic person as well as a hopeful person. But the difference between being optimistic and being hopeful is it comes back to that action piece again. So an optimistic person thinks about the future, looks forward to good, positive outcomes, but they almost wish that it will happen, whereas a hopeful person will take action to make it happen. Said another way, an optimistic person will wish to win the lotto, and a hopeful person will buy a ticket, <laughs> will take the action <laughs> towards, towards winning the lotto. All right. Well, you know what? I have been both hopeful and optimistic in that regard, and unfortunately, <laughs> uh, neither one has paid off for me yet, but I still remain hopeful and optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, you know my it goodness. Is, it is about... It is about that, um, you know, expectation of a future positive result, right? Both optimism and hopefulness is about that vision of good things, expectation of good things to happen. It's just the actions you take, which defines between being optimistic and being hopeful. 
there is so much hopelessness around the world right now. How do you respond when people tell you that they've lost hope? I truly believe that hope is not actually ever lost. I think it's just hiding down deep, you know, like that proverbial light under the bushel, um, and that you can get it back. You can find it and drag it up to the surface. You know, that proverbial light at the end of the tunnel is absolutely there. And the vision of what your future can be is how you can find that hope, how you can dig deep and take action towards towards that hope, hopefulness as opposed to um, hopelessness. Again, it comes back to that control, that agency, feeling like you have agency over your actions and agency over some of the things that you can control, and reminding people that they can do good things, they can take action and take steps towards a more hopeful future, um, that all is not lost. There's also something to be said for hope being contagious, and hope is absolutely contagious. So if you aren't feeling so hopeful right now, go and find the most hopeful person you know and borrow some of them, some of their hope, because they will lend it to you and then you can lend it to them when they need it the most. This is, a, this is one of those uh, contagions that's a positive thing as opposed to the negative contagions, contagions that we've been dealing with right now. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I think we'd all like to catch some of that. Then tell me, how can we use hope to increase resiliency in children? Sometimes kids just need to be reminded that it's all going to be okay. Again, with that future thinking language um, that there are things that they can take control over, so often kids think that parents or the adults in their life, their teachers, that they rule the world, and in, in many cases that's true, but if we can show kids where they do have agency over their own lives and where they do have control and things that um, goals that they can set towards towards a better future for themselves, that is how we can help them to build resiliency. Another way we can help them to build resiliency is by being truthful with them. I mean, the language matters, of course. The, um, the positivity in your tone and in your voice. But don't, I mean, almost don't sugarcoat it for kids, right? They need to know what's going on in language that they can understand in a real but positive, hopeful way. Um, Kids are so resilient. They're more resilient than we think, and they are naturally hopeful. It's not until we get to be adults when the world has happened to us, you know, our life experiences have happened to us that our hope tends to dim or our hope levels tend to go down. But Kids are naturally hopeful, and if we can continue to nurture that hope in them, continue to encourage them to have a vision for the future, that's going to help to increase their resiliency. Yeah, I I agree with that, and and hence the old saying, seeing the world through the eyes of a child. It's it's Mm -hmm. that hopefulness, that innocence, that, that belief that anything is possible and anything can happen, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about uh, scientific or evidence-based support for the power of hope. You bet. So when I first started researching this fluffy, cosmic woo-woo word that is hope, 
I learned that there is a science of hope. It's a field of study within positive psychology, which is a, um, a, a type, a branch of, of psychology that was founded back in the 1980s by a researcher called Dr. Martin Seligman. And Dr. Seligman worked at the University of Pennsylvania, and he, as the um, American, as the president of the American Psychological Association, he was trying to decide what it is what it was that he was going to do, the research he was going to conduct to leave his mark on the world of psychology. And his daughter had said to him at the time, Dad, why are you such a grouch all the time? Why are you not a positive person? And this had a huge impact on him because he thought, well, why, why am I a negative person? And can I learn to be a more positive person? Could I learn to be a more hopeful person? So he founded this science called positive psychology, which is the science of increasing well-being. So instead of traditional psychology, which is um, decreasing sadness, so going from negative to neutral, positive psychology is all about increasing wellness, so going from neutral to positive. And from there, he inspired, you know, tens of hundreds of students who also started to research positive psychology and wellness and happiness and leading a better life. And now there are over 2,000 research studies to support the power of hope in our lives. There are um, evidence-based case studies that show that hope is the number one predictor of better success in school, increases productivity in the workplace, increases the likelihood of healing and recovery from trauma, from physical health uh, implications. People with, a, with high hope are just better equipped to deal with life, and there are, there are so many studies and so many case studies to, to back this up. What are your top three strategies for increasing hope levels in people? You know what? Increasing your hope levels is pretty easy. It's, it's, um, it's something that we can all do really, really simply, especially right now when we could use all the tips and tricks we can get. Um, I've, got a, I've got three real easy strategies. So one of them I've talked about quite a bit. Look for the things you can control. Again, there's so much outside of our control, but there is so much within our control. Some of those things are moving your body. You know that you can move your body every day. That physical activity will increase your physical health, which will also increase your mental health, which will increase your um, all those positive chemicals in your brain, which will increase your hope and have, help you to look forward to a more positive future. And I'm not saying that you need to run a marathon or to, you know, go to the gym every day. Moving your body can just be, you know, parking in the furthest, lo- par- furthest parking spot at the mall and walking to the door. It can be doing the dishes by hand instead of putting them in the dishwasher. It can be walking around the block, you know, any physical activity will totally help, and that is something within your control. You don't need fancy gym equipment. You don't need, you know, uh, fancy running shoes. You can do these, that simple thing, that physical activity, um, very, very easily, and that is something that is within your control. Something else that will help to increase hope levels is to start where you are. They 
take action no matter how small it is. If you feel like you can't get out of bed today, that's okay. Just start by wiggling your toes. And once you can wiggle your toes, then knock your knees and then move your hips and eventually you will be out of bed and into the shower and and on with your day. Just start small and start where you're at. Confidence builds confidence. So once you can do one thing, then you do the next thing, your hope will continue to increase because you know that these five minutes were better than you were feeling five minutes ago. So start where you're at and even just take those little steps and those little steps will, will soon turn into big steps. And the... My last three, uh, my last strategy for increasing hope levels in people is to set some boundaries. So often we feel like our hope is diminished because we are overwhelmed, we are stressed, we don't know where to go next. Um, and help, by setting some boundaries and taking care of yourself, that is a really easy, big way to increase hope levels. Boundaries can be physical, emotional, and psychological. Um, Sometimes a a boundary is just, you know, going into your bedroom and closing the door for an hour. Sometimes an emotional boundary is time blocking, where you, you focus on one thing for 20 minutes because it's been in the back of your mind that you needed to get this thing done, and you mentally block out 20 minutes just to do that one thing. And psychologically, to increase your hope levels, if there's, as an example, someone in your life that um, is, is bringing you down, is not a hopeful person, and is someone that their, hope, their hopelessness is a contagion to you, a psychological boundary is to ask them to not be in your life or to not answer the phone when they call or not return their text message to set that boundary for yourself so that you are not negatively affected by their negative attitude towards you. Those are three quick tri- three quick tips on increasing hope levels. I have a million more, but those are three quick ones. Well, I think those are wonderful, and I think that is all fantastic advice. And uh, I'm going to use some of it myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there. <laughs> so at this point, I'd like to ask you, Lindsay, how can our listeners reach you if they have questions or if they want to know more? I have a website, easy to remember, expertinhope.com, and you can find me on all the social medias at Expert in Hope as well. All right. Well, that is very easy. Expertinhope.com. I'm hoping that a lot of people are marking that down right at this moment in the broadcast and the podcast. Um, Well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for your time and for sharing some terrific information with us today. Thank you so, so much for the opportunity. You know, I just, there is nothing like the time that we're in right now. There is you know, it's unprecedented, and I think there is so much to be thankful for and grateful for in this time and having an opportunity to speak with you and to share hope, share that contagion with other people is, has been my pleasure. So thank you very much. My pleasure, and you are welcome back anytime to give us the next three tips, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, deal. Thank you. Wonderful. All right, and I also want to thank our listeners for spending a part of their day with us. I'm Gilda Evans reminding you to take care of yourself and that special person in your life.